England are in the semi-finals of the Euros, uh, and it was really easy. Ukraine were rubbish. The defending on the headers, second, third, and fourth goals, was so bad. Went back and watched the clips. It's just awful. Um, but you can only beat who's in front of you. And we've beaten Germany. Germany were good. But, I mean, it's an unbelievable opportunity, isn't it? Um, just had a chat with Flo Lloyd Hughes to go through the game. Went through the team, basically, and pulled out some interesting bits about each of them. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Flo, thank you so much for your time. You can listen to Flo on the Athletics England show, which I have been doing. Um, very, very good podcast to keep up to date with everything. Enjoy the semi-final at Wembley Flow and uh, best of luck against Denmark, England. Yesterday was the first time I've watched the game like sitting in, like, was inside the pub. I was next to a window oh, yeah. inside the pub. And I just you, I just forgot that it's like a completely different experience when there's like yeah, random people yeah. you don't know yelling. Like that just yeah. doesn't happen when you're with your mates. Yeah. Do you, Who were you watching? Were you with a group or? Yeah, I was with... Um, my girlfriend Lucy and a bunch of her, well, her friends, our friends for her birthday. It was her birthday on Thursday. Um, so we had a really nice afternoon, Dalston Curve Garden, and then went over to, uh, yeah, pub just around the corner from hers, which was, it was nice. I, nice. I did like, there's a couple of times where it's just aggy blokes yelling yeah. so loudly. You're like, could yeah. probably do without this, but um, but no, it was good. It was a nice, it was a nice atmosphere nonetheless. Um, nice. Have you been to any live games yet? Will that be your first one on Wednesday? Yes, yeah, so we're actually going to the Tuesday game as well. Oh, cool. So originally, Becky just got the Tuesday tickets, um, and then on Thursday, she just like kept refreshing the page and managed to get the the England semi final ones. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Tuesday and Wednesday will be the first games. I've been working in the fan park, so it's kind of like. You feel like part of the tournament, but obviously you haven't been getting to go to any games. And I guess because the tournament's so spread out, it does also feel like a bit different when you do go to a game. Because I don't think it's it's as sort of like, you know, Euro City centric because it's also, also spread out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I went to the Italy-Austria game. I feel like I kind of got short changed because that was the one game that Italy were just not that great. Yeah, not uh, as good as they have been, yeah. Yeah, and, they, and it's like... Guys, you could have got going before extra time and saved me an hour and 15 minutes and I could have been <laughs> up on the clock. Um, but it didn't happen. But it was fun. Really, really fun. Live, live sport just is... It is yeah, great. it's different, isn't it? It is great. Jordan Pickford hasn't conceded a goal. And I feel like going into this tournament, there was this, like... You know, he hasn't been great for Everton this year. Bit of a shaky season. Um, but Southgate very openly was like, he's never made a mistake for England, so why would I ever drop him? And he's now in this position where he's like, he's going to be the England number one for as long as he wants to be, basically. Yeah, it seems that way. It seems that way. And I think, I mean, there's been a lot talked about how he's been working on things with a psychologist and how that's affected his game. And perhaps it, there's there's questions to be asked about the Everton defence and the impact that those players are having on him, because there must be a reason more than just him getting a psychologist why he performs so much better for England. And it must be that he's just surrounded by cooler heads that work with him better, that know how to kind of get the best out of him and pro probably coaching-wise as well. Like, it's probably the same thing. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of change at Everton as well, so that probably doesn't help in terms of his stability and the pressure. And he just doesn't have any of that with England. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There were a couple... Of, that save he made... There was one where he, like, he like jumped and punched it yesterday... I was like, he oh, loves doing that. It's a weird so technique, weird. but he loves doing that. It seems like a bit 
of a risk, but he loves doing that. Yeah, even that and that one where he, he got down low to his right and tipped around the post. I was like, okay, fair enough. Like, obviously, I'm not going to question anything he's done. He hasn't conceded a goal. He's been as perfect as you can be as a keeper. But even then, I was like, could you have, could you have held that? I don't know. But, but yeah, um, he, I'm really, really trying to. I've I mean, struggled to find anything wrong mm. with anything he's done basically for the tournament. There are times where he, the way he strikes the ball, it looks like he's about to dislocate his hip. And I'm like, I don't know who taught him to kick like that, but it's like his, his foot just goes through the ball. Um, mm. But he's he he has been great. I always like left left footers in gold as well. I'm I'm very very into. Yeah, niche. Yeah, very niche. Um, Kyle Walker, how did you think he did yesterday? I don't think he's been great the whole tournament. I don't think he's been great yesterday. I don't think he was great yesterday either. I think I think he's good when he plays in a back three. Um, I think that's when you kind of get the best out of him. And then he's got Trippier on the outside doing kind of the aggressive attacking work. I think Carl Walker is just very Carl Walker now. He, you know, he kind of bombs up the pitch, flies forward. And he's a bit like me playing FIFA, like sort of runs so fast, then tries to cut back on the defender, which he does. But then the final ball isn't great. And I think we saw a lot of that yesterday. And he made a mistake that led to... Denmark, uh, sorry, Denmark, Ukraine opportunity in the end. So, yeah, I think, I, mean, I don't think he's been awful, but I'd say he's probably been one of, if not England's worst player, actually. Um, thinking thinking how good and how consistent everyone's been in the team. I mean, John Stone's having a phenomenal tournament. Luke Shaw's been my favourite player um, alongside Sterling. Kane's just flourished in the last couple of games. Rice and Phillips have been sensational. So, you actually think... Yeah, Walker does seem a little bit like the weak link in the team. And in some respects, it doesn't matter because the left-hand side is so powerful. It's such a threat with Shaw and Sterling linking up. But you also think, well, if I was Denmark, I would just try and extinguish that threat on the left-hand side. You know, give Luke Shaw and uh, give Luke Shaw absolutely no time and space and try and do the same to Sterling. Um, and then... England have to get something out of that right-hand side, which we're kind of yet to see. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's, there's definitely times where um, he's he's high up the pitch and he's just not as good at passing as Rhys James or Trippier. And that's just like yeah. really, really clear. But then there's, I think like without the ball, his recoveries are so good. And he's also now, I, I think you saw yesterday as well, there are times where the, the fullbacks are so narrow when you don't have the ball. And that's like Guardiola's thing, isn't it? It's like fullbacks come inside to just make sure that if we lose the ball, you're in a position where you can try and affect it to win it back. And even that one where um, where he does, I, think he like, I can't remember who he's trying to pass to. It's like a, he like tries to set the ball and it just makes terrible contact and it's short. Mm. Even then he like, Almost gets back to recover just because he's he's so he's so he's so quick and it's like he's yeah he even looks more like he did when he played for Sheffield United and early Spurs like his hairline's back and I don't know he's <laughs> a throwback yeah yeah very much um, but yeah I did there were times when when so much of the the creative stuff for England comes down the left you think if Reese James was in. Would we be doing, or Trent, obviously, would, would we be getting more out of our right-hand side going forward? I don't think so with, with Trent. Um, with Rhys James, obviously, when we did see him was in that Scotland game and he was kind of specific, specifically told by Southgate not to yeah. push too far forward and, and Shaw was the same. So 
it'd be interesting to see. But I think, I mean, Trippier, I think, is such a reliable fullback. It'd be interesting if he played him in before rather mm. than uh, if if he sticks with a with a back four or he plays the three and then Trippier's the the right wing back, which I think is a, is a good option. Yeah, yeah, definitely an option. Um, Luke Shaw's been your favourite player or up there with Sterling? Yeah, yeah. I just think package his performances together with the kind of redemption narrative. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. And I don't think many people would have had him down as kind of one of England's players at the tournament and one of the players at the tournament. He has been so consistent. Um, he's been really positive in his play. Um, he's taken a lot of risks, actually, in terms of you know, tournament football, how far he's pushed up the pitch. Like, in those moments, if you lose the ball, that could be, a you know, you could concede a goal within minutes of doing that. And I think he's trusted himself. I think Southgate's trusted him as well. And he's just been really, really good, really consistent. And his link-up play with, with Sterling has just been so good to watch. So, yeah, I've, just, I've loved watching Luke Shaw. And I think it's brilliant to see someone kind of give two fingers to his critics. I think I think a lot of people can learn a lot about how you treat people and how that affects them. And it'd be really interesting to hear, you know, at at some point, you know, how those things that happened to him have affected have affected him and how he's managed to to regroup and, and bounce back from that. Because it must have been really difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's the injury and it's all the Mourinho stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The combination yeah. of those things just must have been really hard. I do he's like He's another. I think Sterling's kind of in the same position where it's like they've, they've kind of been around. It feels like they've been around for ten years, and in some cases they like very nearly have been. You know, like ten ten years ago they're like breaking into well Sterling QPR, Luke Shaw, Southampton, and just like yeah, they're now at the point where they're like entering their prime, and they've been in good teams, and like you see them playing together, and it's and it's and it's great. Yeah, I think the. Um, the the point about him be, like being high up the pitch, there's, there were times yesterday actually, with, even with the first goal for Kane, like Luke Shaw is like higher up the pitch than Sterling is, and they've kind of like sent on the other side. There's Mount and Sancho and Walker, and Kane's kind of like drifting from the right to the left, and Luke Shaw is just clearly been told like get get past the ball, like run past the ball, try and take someone with you, um, and. He's a, he's a he's a threat in those positions. Like you have to track him, and you saw with the with the crosses for the goal. Like if you don't, if you give him space, he's got the quality to be able to deliver and 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 pick up assists, which is which is the best thing, I suppose, for a fullback going forward. Anyway, Stones, another person who's had a really good season that he's carrying on to his England form. I know for lots of people, they've been he's been their, their favourite player. Um, I think he's been really good, and he's had a a bit of a kind of revolution under Pep this season um, has brought much needed consistency to his game um, because he's always been a very good player, but he was becoming quite prone to big mistakes. You know, we saw it with England. We've seen it with City as well. So he's just been really, really solid. And then I think you can't underestimate the impact of having Harry Maguire back as well on them. Because I think... People always kind of labelled Tyrone Mings as as the player who had a mistake in him. He was the player that could be the one um, to kind of unsettle things because um, he can be a bit erratic at times, a bit like Pickford. But having Maguire now back in the side and that kind of level-headedness, I think just calms everyone down. Um, and I think people kind of feel like, you know, that they're boosted and lifted by his presence. And I think Stones is is someone who's kind of risen to the challenge as well. 
Yeah, I think it, it probably says a lot about him that there's there's he hasn't had to do much like like your last ditch tackles. He hasn't had to do anything like too like heroic. He's just kind of yeah in in the right position. And I think it's probably a, a big part of it is that Walker Stones Maguire played basically every game in 2018 as well, mm. and they're just like yeah. know each other a little bit. Um, and yeah, with 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 um, with the Mings thing. As soon as Maguire was at the point where he was going to play, and I wasn't sure if he was, you know, the ankle ligament damage, he didn't have that long to come back. And it was, you know, ease him in against Czech Republic. And then it's, it just seems like it's going, okay, Tyrone, you did fantastically well, didn't put a foot wrong, but like Maguire's a better player than you, so he's going to play the rest of the games. And yeah, I mean, he, he and Stones are just really, really nice and nice and nice and calm, which I don't know, I don't know, I don't. Through the through through this year for their clubs, I think Diaz has obviously had loads of praise for City, but Stones has been fantastic as well. Maguire's just so I don't know. There's times where he he travels so far with the ball, and you think is that has that is that gap he's left too big? But then we're just able to able to recover, which is great. What do you think of Maguire yesterday? Yeah, good. I mean, great to see him get a goal. Another person who you know after that incident in Myk- Mykonos. <laughs> I was certainly one who thought, oh, one of these guys, one of these lot, like, what an idiot, what a clown. Again, a bit like Shaw, like, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and I think, yeah, it's so impressive to see with, with your reputation on the line and your reputation challenged. He had a really good season for United, kind of didn't didn't absorb a lot of the criticism, not just about stuff away from the pitch, but... I think with what United paid for him, there was a lot of pressure. Um, and I think people expected to see a, a bit more than just a good defender. They wanted goals. They wanted, you know, someone who was going to become like a talisman for United and would be part of their kind of comeback. I don't think we necessarily saw that enough in the early days um, of him there, but he's, you know, last season, season just season just got and he was just so good so consistent and you saw how much they missed him in uh, in the Europa final. So, yeah, I think he he's taken England to another level now. He's come back and um, him and Stones are such a threat from corners as well. And I think that it's great to see England kind of being a threat from set pieces again now in this tournament. Yeah, massively. It happened on that second go, the, the United link-up, Shaw, Shaw Maguire. I paused it. I, I took a screenshot and paused it as Luke Shaw's kicking the ball. The defending is, it's so bad. Because Harry Maguire, Harry, Harry Maguire, yeah, the defending from Ukraine for the like last three goals was extremely bad. It's so bad. Harry Maguire is onside and goal side of whoever's marking him when Luke Shaw kicks the ball, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's just he, he just has to move. The, the, the delivery is obviously really good, but he just has to like move towards the goal and and make decent contact, and he scores. Um, the Henderson one as well. Like I just think Ukraine had given up by a point that they just couldn't be bothered to to defend the corner yeah. like they just let him run through completely unmarked I mean they were they were zonal marking but there were four of them just like kind of standing kind of in the middle of the box just like oh there he goes see you number, later number 15 who's supposed to track him is just like oh just like yeah like God. can't be asked they're it's over not, it. they just want to go home yeah free free header is overused but that was literally like just run forward no one's around you and you score yeah yeah, um, I feel bad actually. Mount got the assist. The, the, <laughs> we'll get to Harry Kane. The praise that he's getting is like, it's, oh, it was his volley that the keeper made the save for for the corner. So it's his assist. It's like, okay, it was actually <laughs> um, a bit silly. Um, yeah, Maguire. 
nice to see Maguire score. That as soon as he scored, there were like twenty people just chanting "Slabhead" in the pub, which is quite nice. I've missed, I've missed those. Things. I know, and I, I do also appreciate like, I kind of appreciate the way that he's sort of quietly embraced that kind of nickname, which is kind of harsh, you know, like picking on someone because the way they look isn't great. But it's almost like he's like, oh no, don't worry, it's okay, guys. Like. I'll be I'll be slabbed if you want me to be slabbed, you know that kind of thing. So I feel like he's kind of embraced it, and you know people people are sort of turning it into this quite endearing thing, like you know get it on his slabbed and he'll score a goal. So <laughs> it's um yeah, I mean it, it's all great when you're winning, right? I mean it's all kind of sunshines and rainbows, um and long may it continue. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the the set pieces thing, obviously we had so many goals from set pieces in 2018, but these these outswinging corners and outswinging deliveries. This seems like I don't I don't remember that being so much of a thing in 2018. Like Luke Shaw, like cross for the Maguire header, Mount outswinging corner for the for the Henderson one. I know they've got this this set piece consultant guy, something Russell, Alan Russell or something. But like he's he's still still doing it with them, and they've done some stuff on throw-ins, but they've clearly clearly nailed, nailed it. I think it is all definitely made easier when the fact by the fact that the yeah Ukraine just <laughs> didn't bother tracking, didn't bother didn't bother marking really. Um, Declan Rice has been my favourite England player this tournament, and I think that's because I think it's two reasons. One, if you're made captain of your club at 21 and you're kind of put in a position where you have to be like the best player week after week after week, and now West Ham are at the point where they're like a pretty good team. I think that counts for something. And then stepping into England setup, I think he probably feels like. I actually do belong here. Like I'm on a level with all these guys. Um, and I think the other reason is because Phillips did so well in the first game and he did so well at like driving like forwards with or without the ball, just like running past the ball, that he was just in that, did a, does a similar thing that we did with West Ham, where he's just like, okay, I'm in the middle of the pitch and it's up to me to stop a counter-attack or it's up to me to regain the ball so that we can try and, try and recycle possession. Um, and he is, I don't know if there's anyone better than him at it like in the tournament now yeah no he's certainly one of the best at, at that job and for such a young player as well to be kind of so calm in that position because that can be a pretty reckless position to be in and also I was so impressed with how him and Phillips did last night considering they're both on yellow cards because I that was a surprising start for me Southgate starting them both I thought that's a bit of a risk I would have played Henderson and Bellingham probably instead and not have risked them you know potentially missing the semi-final because they've been crucial to England's success in this tournament but the way both of them were just so calm and knew that actually England were going to control the game and they didn't need to do some kind of tactical foul um, because they could kind they, they knew that they could control things without having to having to do something like that and I, I just think yeah they've be, both been so so impressive considering this is their first ever major tournament with with England. I, thought, I mean, they look like they're, you know, they look like they're playing their third. They like been, they've been in this team for ages. Whereas you know, Phillips only recently came into it. Rice has been there a bit longer, but they just look so. Com- I mean, the whole team looks so comfortable playing with each other, and it's so impressive considering some of them are kind of rotating in and out as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It does like some of these in their like early mid. Well, Phillips is like twenty five, right? Something. Like, uh, I don't actually know. Let's have a look. They they do they play like their late twenties. Like when Henderson came on, you were like, oh yeah, there's a twenty five, yeah, twenty five. Yes, twenty five. 
there's when Henderson came on, it was like, there's a 30 year old grown up. Here's someone who's yeah, just, here's like, a grown up to come on. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, definitely. Yeah, but me too. I thought I thought he would play Rice and um, maybe uh, just bring Henderson on for Rice at half time and just not risk it. And I mean, they get the goal so early that it changes changes the, the the nature of the game. There was one moment actually in the game yesterday where um, it led to the chance where um, eventually Walker tries to like shield it back to Pickford and um, the. Uh, can't remember the name of the winger gets gets round him where the space between Rice and Phillips was just about big enough for the centre back to pass through, and it was the one time they got split in the whole of the first half, and it led very very quickly to to a to a chance being conceded. I thought that was quite interesting because like obviously normally you'd say to your hard midfielders be close enough together that that no one can split you, but there's times where Phillips is really high and Rice is back there by himself, but they're able to put pressure on the ball so effectively with either the wingers or the fullbacks that it kind of doesn't matter because they just stop the stop the the attack or stop the opportunity for whoever the opposition is to, to play forwards. Um, and the one time it does happen, we nearly conceded a goal. Um, so I just thought, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, no, it's really interesting. I didn't actually kind of register that when I was watching the game. Um, but I also want to, like you, I want to kind of have a rewatch at some point. I haven't managed to today, but I think you definitely pick up on these things later on and you kind of like, oh, you know, especially if, from a point of view of Denmark, like, is that something they're going to want to try and do? Because there is space. There is space to be found through England. Um, I think most mo in most of these games, it's felt like set pieces, which was certainly the case with Czech Republic and Scotland. They had good chances from set pieces and, there were moments where we looked a little bit shaky defending corners. Croatia, I really don't remember them having any meaningful opportunities. I feel like, you know, they didn't really create much at all. Um, um, and if it's not in, it's not through set pieces, it's through England's own mistakes. Um, obviously, Muller, Germany game. Last night, Ukraine had a couple of opportunities that came from England errors. So... It'll be interesting to see how Denmark play in trying to find those pockets of space because they are certainly certainly there, especially when fullbacks drive drive up the pitch. There's a lot of space to to work with. But like you say, it's how Phillips and Rice recover when England do lo lose the ball as the ones to kind of clean up the mess, as it were. Um, and if they can't and they're being played through, then that's obviously going to be a huge issue on uh, yeah. Wednesday. Even looking back at that that bit where Rice and Phillips got split. Maguire and Stones don't really want to step out and and like yeah. dump the ball themselves in in the same way as like they have done. I don't know if they've done it for England necessarily. I guess different if it's two centre backs rather than three. But for their clubs, they're kind of a bit more like assertive, aggressive to step out. Um, but but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I do think Phillips is. I mean, he's he's been like a revelation. I know, like my friend Jack. I was watching my friend Jack yesterday. He's a massive Leeds fan. And he was like, people need to understand that he was going to be in the England squad when we were in the championship, but he just got injured. And now he's playing and everyone loves him and everyone loves him and he's been great for ages. And there probably is a part of that, but like, he's come out of nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise that he started against Croatia and he's going to start the semi-final. And if we win that, he'll start the final. I mean, I watched a lot of Phillips in the championship and I thought he was a good player, but I thought he was just kind of a bit of a terror. And that was like his main purpose was just like chasing the ball, basically, and being a nightmare. And I think because of that as well, I think there was a lack of maturity to his game. 
Um, picked up a lot of yellow cards, got sent off quite a lot um, because he was quite erratic and just frantic, um, trying to win the ball back, but sometimes kind of like trying too hard, which is obviously easy to do in that position. But I think now we're seeing him play for England in a very mature way and we're seeing more of what he can offer going forward, which I think a lot of us haven't seen unless you're a Leeds fan and you would have seen that and think, you know, he's not just a brilliant defensive midfielder. He, you know, actually has a great outlet. He he can, like the pass he played for Sterling in that first game was so good, perfectly weighted, perfectly timed. And I think a lot of us hadn't seen that before. Um, So we're kind of waking up to it finally. And obviously for a lot of us, it's like, we told you. But I think when he was first called up, when he was in the championship, um, I think it was probably a bit too early um, because I'm, I don't think his game had probably got to the point where it needs to be and where it is now. Um, but if he can stay this consistent and this mature, then he's going to be he's going to be on that team sheet for a while. Yeah, there are times where it just looks like he's just thinking you're all pathetic. I've played I've played Murderball with Bielsa. Fuck all of you. I'll just <laughs> yeah. ta- I'll just tackle you. You think that's a foul? Get up. You're a, you're a joke. You're a disgrace. That would yeah. never be a foul in training. Yeah. Um, which I do quite like. Um Mount had a Mount had a funny game, I thought. He was like there were He was were, quiet. He was very quiet. Yeah. I don't know this uh, England haven't been hit by COVID cases the same way that other teams have, right? Like I, I get I, I take the point that's been made that's like if if Chilwell hadn't been isolating, then you know maybe he would have started and maybe he'd be playing great. Mount obviously was a bigger part of the plan beforehand, and so was like I don't know maybe maybe more likely to come back in whatever happened. But there were there were moments yesterday where it just felt like he was. I think Jenna said it on commentary. Genus, he was like, oh, it's great that he's really close to Sancho. But I was thinking you probably want Sancho to be able to have the have the space to be able to try and run at players and it felt like Mount was kind of a bit out of kilter. Getting in the way. Going on. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought Mount was quiet and that's maybe not the worst thing in the world. Um, but we're used to seeing him have more influence. So um, perhaps it's just the case that like England don't need him to be like that. You know, for Chelsea, he is such an important player because he is a creator for them. Um, whereas England have got a lot of other options elsewhere, um, but I think it's gonna—it's a really interesting one because it's you know Southgate almost like solved the problem when he had to go into isolation, and that's like oh actually, you know before that happened, he was Southgate one of Southgate's favourites, like guaranteed name on the team sheet, and then you almost like you know a brilliant performance—you almost like forget you forget about these players because you just you just like get used to them not being there. So I think it's really difficult Southgate. Southgate to now work out how to fit Mount back in and how to make the most of it. And I, I personally thought Sancho was fine. I thought, you know, I think a lot of people thought he had a really good game. I was watching it with friends, so I do think it's also harder to like really pay attention to every single thing a player is doing. And that's why I think having a rewatch would would help a lot. But I thought like Sancho had those moments where like, you know, first half when he took it past like three players and won that free kick, that seemed like a classic Sancho moment. But you also saw where he really doesn't defend. Like you saw his, the worst parts of his game. Um, And I personally like wouldn't start him based on that performance in, in the semi-final, but I know others completely disagree and were blown away and thought this, this is Sancho being Sancho. So I think, yeah, on a rewatch, maybe I could make a kind of, better decision but I thought he was 
fine, not amazing, but not terrible. He, you know, was good and did a job. But I think he's kind of equal with Saka, really, to me, in terms of, like, who's going to get a start. Mm. Yeah, I think the the on the rewatch thing, it was only watching it back that I realised how big a part Mount played in the third goal. Because they, like, it's a full pass. Sancho, like, intercepts it, plays the Mount. Mount, I think it goes Rice and Mount, and Mount carries it, like, from inside the England half to almost the edge of the Ukraine box and then it's Sterling and then Shaw and then and then the cross um and yeah he just he's he's so good at carrying the ball he's done it so many times for Chelsea this year as well where just like he picks it up there's like three players around him and he just holds it for long enough that you can release it or he carries it far enough that the other team have to get back behind the ball and now they have possession in the opposition half and I don't know if there's anyone else who Southgate trusts to do that basically so he's he's gonna he's he's gonna start um, I imagine it will start the next game. Um, yeah, Sancho, there, there was a, a, a moment in the first half where Sterling almost plays Sancho through. They like they win it back and uh, Sterling's like kind of on the right and he comes inside and he tries to play it with the outside of his right foot. And Sancho's done this like 20-yard sprint, just like full tilt. And it's just not a great pass from Sterling. It gets intercepted. But I was like, if that comes off, then Sancho's in one-on-one and he probably scores. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what, there probably could have been a different, completely different night and I would have been like, Sancho's played his way into the team. But, um, yeah, I thought in terms of like fitting everyone together, I I feel like, I don't know, obviously it was such an emphatic performance. So I'm not saying, I I think they played better without him, but it, it still makes sense to me, him not playing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, the the um, wingers switching side to side. They did that in the first half, which um, I, had, I, had, I can't remember who I was chatting to about it. Just like how 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 big a thing is it for Southgate to have like a right foot on the left or a left foot on the right? It seems like not really that big a deal. Like even when Grealish has come on, Grealish can like cross the ball with his left foot. So if he's on the left, that's that's fine. Um, and yeah, Sterling has been playing like in off the left, and that's made easier I suppose by having Shaw outside him but I think it's kind of like those those positions are similar like right right, right side left side is kind of like okay you're, you're the two wingers and you can go and do your thing yeah I think he definitely wants his players to be flexible I think Sterling's look better on the left for sure um but I still think he can be effective on the right um and I think Saka and, and Grealish you know have shown that they can be flexible as well so um it's, it's great that Southgate knows switch them around for a bit. I don't think it quite worked in the sec- in the first half yesterday, but on another occasion, you know, it has worked. You know, I think he flipped Saka and Sterling at points as well in in uh, Germany game and, and Czech Republic game. Um, so I think, yeah, he's just he's got that he's got so much choice and so much flexibility. Yeah, and it's as exciting as anything that Sterling is just like England's most likely creative player like get the ball to him he's the most likely player to do something which going into the tournament I was like eh, probably not gonna would not put money on that being the case yeah and it's interesting because like Sterling's been through a lot in an England shirt I mean 2014 World Cup coming into that and he was like you know one of the best players in the Premier League and so much pressure and expectation on him and all in all, he had a pretty disappointing tournament. Um, he had that weird ghost goal against Italy in the group game. But apart from that, he didn't have a massive impact and had a lot of criticism. And then 
obviously 2016 was 2016, 2018 was better, but he didn't necessarily play a huge role in in the success of the team. Um, so I think it's great to see him kind of like finally flourishing in an England shirt because it feels like he's waited a, long, waited a long time for that. He richly deserves it. And especially after not having a brilliant season, like you're not starting as many games as he probably would have liked, not scoring as many goals as many as goals as he would like, not assisting as many goals as he would like. So then to put in this sort of performance off the back of that is like, wow, like that's unbelievable. And at the moment, he just looks like everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, he's like the best dribbler, the most like. I don't know, like the best at getting into space to receive the ball. Like even on the, you know, the in the first game against Croatia when Foden hit the post, the way they set up on the throw-in to that, he's just like put get get some space for Sterling to run into, and he'll just like can travel with the ball so so well, so effective. Um, yeah, header at the back post, just right timing. The the the, the tapping against Germany, I was like, this is this is perfect for him. This is like let's let's look at how Man City build up to try and create goals, have Sterling arriving through the middle for a tap-in. That is just so, so, so great. Um, yeah, I'm so if, if I was to do like my like happy for them team, Sterling's probably the captain. I can't remember who said it. Someone on BBC yesterday was like, oh, Kane wouldn't have hit that left foot volley if he wasn't, if he hadn't already scored the two goals. I was like, he 100% would have. I've watched Kane. Oh, yeah, he, 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 but also he he is still at that like desperate point and i don't mean that in a negative way like he wants to try and score as many goals as possible so and he's you know a selfish player but not in a bad way like he's selfish and he it works so yeah he'd be smashing that whatever was even if he was already on a hat trick he'd still be having a go 100% and it's just like it's, it is a bit i think it is a bit straightforward i get it to an extent it's like yeah he was he was not playing as well he wasn't as confident and then he scored a goal and now everything's changed like that is obviously a case to an extent but like he just wasn't really affecting the game and then he affected the game against germany a bit and he affected the game yesterday from the third minute or whatever when he scored and then it's just a case of okay he's like in positions where where he can he can be dangerous and the, yeah the, the marking on his head though he's just like standing in between two defenders and neither of them mark him and he's just like that is as easy goal as he'll, he'll ever score which is obviously great because it's in a court final but um I don't think he's been anywhere near his best which is really good going into a semi who do you think will start the the semi-final it's an interesting one because I would like to go back to the back three and play the same sort of Three five, I think that works. Um, and then Rice Phillips um, in the four with um, Trippier and Shaw, and then that front three is the tricky one. Mm. Um, definitely Kane and Sterling, yeah. probably Sterling on the left, and Kane obviously in the middle. And then I just don't know who completes the the front three basically. I think Saka's been so really good when he's been needed. People are obviously desperate to see Grealish start, but I think he's still really useful as an impact sub. Don't think Sancho played his way into the starting eleven for me for the semi-final. So it's that final player that I haven't quite made up my mind. Yeah. You said Sancho and Saka are like level for you, basically. Yeah. Maybe leaning more towards Saka, actually. Mm. But then also, you know, could swap... Sterling to the right and put Grealish on the left, but you know, we haven't like Sterling's played his best football on the left, so why would you kind of mess with that? 
Um, Mason Mount's not in that team that I've picked. For a lot of people, that's kind of um, sacrilegious. So yeah. it's so, it's so hard. I mean, I how he picks these teams and kind of has got it right every time is mad. Mm. Why, would you you? To, why would you go to a back three? Why would you change that going into Denmark? Carl Walker plays best in that position. I think Trippier is going to be more effective as a right wing back. So going to a back three kind of helps us do that. I think if we stick with a back four, could put Trippier in instead of Walker, but I just don't think Southgate will do that. I think he'll stick with Walker. So I'd rather see, I'd rather see Trippier start in that role. Um, and I just think it's not more adventurous. I mean, I think you've, you've got to kind of like put everything on the line, right? Um, and I don't think back our, when we play a back four, it's not like super defensive. Like we still have our fullbacks absolutely bombing up the pitch. Um, but it also just gives us more of that cover um, with the back three. And yeah, I just, for me, I just think it works with the players we've got. I think it's, yeah, I think it works. Yeah. I think, yeah, Walker basically, he does like one and a half positions himself because he can just get around so quickly. I mean, I, I wonder, is it, is it too defensive to have the back three and then two holding midfielders in front of them? Is that going to be, is that going to limit England's opportunities on Wednesday? That'll be interesting because that first half against Germany wasn't great. Yeah, England true. didn't have a lot. Um, it felt quite stodgy and that could well happen again. And things might not turn the way that they did against Germany. So then Southgate's going to have to think about a backup plan because it can either be too defensive, um, which I think maybe we saw a little bit in that first half against Germany, or we could have our fullbacks flying way too high and the back three are kind of way too open. But you'd like to think that the whole midfielders would kind of cover that off, right? Yeah, I think if play, playing the back three, you're going to get less out of Phillips, I think. That's just... Kind of that's the trade-off to have to have Trippier, likely Trippier, um, higher up. That means Phillips can't go as high. I think yeah, you get the most out of Walker in that in that position just because he can basically do two jobs. That's what he did in 2018. He was so good. When he played for Spurs, I used to watch watch him play for Spurs, being like, "You're you're literally playing right back and right wing in in this one role, and it's so so effective." I think I I don't I wouldn't rule out Mount playing in the front three. He's done it for Chelsea and he was phenomenal at it. I think Foden could also be really good there coming inside and he's just like kind of forgotten. I forgot <laughs> didn't even think Yeah, same. I've really forgotten about him. But yeah, no, you're right. I've completely forgotten about him. And he's just like he 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 could be really great. I think I think England can dominate the ball against Denmark. I think they could do that with three midfielders. I think they could do that with like two midfielders plus the two kind of inside forwards coming in to make that like a, a four against two almost. Having watched Hoiberg for a season for Spurs, there are some things he does really, really well. If you put pressure on him and force him to play quickly, I think we can have some joy there. And I kind of like the idea of having Mount just kind of pester him and pester him. And I think you could probably do that with a back three or a back four. I think the, 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 um, runners in behind that led to the left foot volley for Kane that was just one of the centre-backs got the ball Sterling and Sancho just ran and then Kane just kind of turns and gets into that position I think that's you can you can get that from the back three or the back four and I think it's kind of nice to go into that game thinking as fan anyway like whatever we play he'll, he'll have thought about it it would have been well well considered and whatever whatever, he should, whatever he's done so far has been perfect so he'll probably get it right again yeah yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he does, for sure. Um, there's a few things on social media that I just wanted to get your thoughts on because they've really, really made me laugh. 
The first thing was Roberto Carlos's comment under Luke Shaw's picture. Did you see that? I saw a screenshot of someone which was it like I think it was Carl Ankup on his Instagram, like Shawberto Carlos. <laughs> uh, did did Roberto Carlos make that? I don't. Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos commented on Luke Shaw's picture with like a load of emojis, and I was just like, "God, the left back union, just those guys." <laughs> okay, so that's what led to the Shawberto Carlos thing. So someone's kind of made up like a fake Panini sticker, which is Luke Shaw's head, kind of like photoshopped onto Roberto Carlos's body. It looks great. So that's what I thought it must be referencing to. But no, that's great. I mean, yeah. game respects game, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, Sterling and Rashford having a bath together today. I, don't know if you saw I saw that. that as well. That was cute. I mean, the vibes are so good. I've been watching all the content coming out from the camp and it's just so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've never had so much fun just like watching people get on buses or like watching people just like run around in a training ground. It's just like fascinating. Why is it so good? What makes it so good? Um, I think because... I mean, it's like NBA All-Stars, right? It's like all your favourite players are together hanging out in one place. And that's kind of awesome because we don't really get to see that. I mean, people have favourite players on their club side, but everything is bound by your club. Whereas this is like oh, all, the, all the best players are coming together and like hanging out like in the Big Brother house. It's like, why do we watch Love Island and Big Brother and all those kind of things? It's because like we're just fascinated by like what, famous people what celebrities do like and it's just fascinating to watch them just like run around the training ground and have fun yeah yeah sure um you said Grealish was most likely to be on Love Island or like he would fit best there right Grealish yeah. will just tweet like well done boys great win and it'll get like seventy-five thousand likes on Twitter I did appreciate last night he was like enjoy your Saturday night guys I was like oh my god people are gonna go mental that Grealish just said like have a big one they're literally gonna lose their minds they'll be like we will Jack ah! like that's that's all they want they just want to like party with Jack Grealish yeah he um that thing he said that he like had a nap in the afternoon or something and he woke up and he was like groggy and had to do an interview and I was like I think probably most people could like really really empathize with that which was quite nice I do get why everyone's pining for him clamor clamor's the word isn't it everyone's clam like the clamor for Grealish I think he, those two, those he was so involved in the two goals against Germany. That's just like the perfect, perfect for him. Inside, inside left with a runner outside him, and you do that when you need something. To, if we if we don't need to bring Grealish on, we're probably winning, and and then it's great. And if we need him, we'll bring him on, and he'll do something great. Yeah, and I think I think I think he's accepted that, and I think most fans are starting to, but they're still like chanting his name constantly and when he comes on the tv people go mental but i think he's he is a super sub really yeah um and jordan henderson i said he was the grown-up when he comes on he's like the most wholesome man on twitter at the moment everything he does is just pitch perfect i'm like well done well done jordan yeah no that's, i saw um uh the fact he wore rainbow laces last night which was really nice and i also saw his tweet the other day um quoting someone that had gone to the game kind of almost coming out I think for the first time and went to Wembley and was really nervous about it and everyone is welcome and like so glad you had a good time so yeah he seems like a great guy and I think that's kind of one of the main reasons he's there really is he he's he's the good guy in the camp who I think can keep everyone kind of level-headed. Is this um, is this tournament as much fun for you as the World Cup in 2018 was? It's a good question I think so I think so. It's different. I mean, Love Island's certainly not the same. No, I haven't bothered um, So Love Island's, Love Island's got a lot of work to do to match what it was in 2018. But I, I think so. Um, 
I mean, it's different because because of COVID, you haven't got pubs absolutely packed like sardines and and people and and that kind of euphoria. But I think we're still getting aspects of that. Like instead of people all packed in at Box Park, people are all sitting on tables at the Box Park. But they're still throwing their pints in the air. They're still going crazy. So I would say if like 2018 was like the pinnacle, this is just kind of like slightly toned toned down version because of the of the current situation. But all in all, I think the vibes are still pretty good. And the fact that it's in England a lot of these games. Like we've basically rigged the the tournament to get the, this many home games. It's, it's outrageous. So I think that take that makes it more special to have the games at Wembley and to have that many of your home fans in that. I mean that Germany game, the atmosphere seemed insane i can't imagine what it must have been like to be there so i think that makes it that brings us a special thing to it because obviously even though like all of us back home during 2018 were having a wicked time like you felt still felt obviously a little bit disconnected um whereas here it's almost like you know you feel like you can touch them um and that's what's kind of makes all the behind the scenes stuff that much better yeah yeah for sure um i also think this this a lot of the squad's obviously the same, but the players who've come in have been so good. Like, like back, back four, largely largely similar. Trippier's still a part of it. Pickford's the same. Um, Henderson's still here. I mean, the, three years ago, Jesse Lingard and Deli Alli were starting in midfield for England. Obviously, Lingard was not far off this time making the squad, but Deli Alli nowhere near it. But like, Rice and Phillips have been outstanding. So that's kind of like the same as it has been. Sterling and Kane still there. And whoever comes in, you know, Saka's been man of the match. Grealish, everyone loves. Sancho's good about to play for Man United. So it is it is fun. It is a really, really fun group. Um, I I think we will beat Denmark. Do you? I do, yeah. I, I kind of always felt quite confident in us getting to the final. Especially once the draw out for the round of 16 came out and you could see how good England's draw was. I was feeling very confident of us getting to the final. Get to the final, that's another thing. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm convinced we're going to do it. Okay, exciting. Well, Wednesday night, uh, Goldiger's training's cancelled, I think, because obviously no one wants to watch football. Uh, everyone wants to watch football. So we'll do that instead. So looking forward to that. Um, best of luck with all your all your podcasts. Appreciate your time. And no, uh, thanks for having me. It's been it's been great. No, my pleasure. Um, enjoy the rest of the tournament, Flo. Cheers. Thank you.